What's up, everyone? Hey, Robin. How hey. you doing? Hey. I've missed you. Missed you, too. It's Tea Time with Robin. We are back. Episode 13. Back in the fold again. I'm thir 30. I'm going backwards. I was going to say, girl, we've been talking and yapping a whole lot longer than that. I know. It's episode 30. Not 13. My apologies. So what's good? How are you? Pretty darn good. And looking forward to a couple of weeks ahead. We got training. I know. This is going. This is. I can't wait. We've been uh, talking about training camp. We've been talking about the Bills this whole off season, And finally, we get to discuss some positions, some, you know, battles and stuff like that. So let's get into it. Training camp is a week and a half away. Um, the rookies are reporting on the 18th of this month. Um, yeah, training camp has been a hot commodity now. Like, it's, it's, uh, we kind of spoke about it. The training camp was free and you didn't have to have a ticket. And now it's like the golden ticket. It is. And unfortunately, it's turned into an industry with people trying to sell tickets on StubHub. Oh, you know, my God. Anybody, stop. Doing, you know, just just stop it. But I'm excited because this training camp is going to be a little different than the last few years because we have Sean McDermott featuring his own defense as defensive coordinator. And I don't know about you, but I'm pretty excited to see what, what his defense even looks like in training camp. Right. Yeah. Um, out where. Yeah. And you know, the battles alone is going to be like the defensive, but I'm, I'm more focused because I love defense. Don't get me wrong. Offense is great. Offense is like the thing that the, the will, that rolls, that turns, whatever. But I love the defense side of the ball. So I am definitely going to be locked in on, you know, that 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 line, the linemen. Like, I want to see those battles. And, who, and I know we can't really kind of say who's going to be lining up where. But, you know, I'm still excited to see what is what's going on. The training camp is going to tell us a lot. Yes. Even before the preseason starts, because here I made a little list. God, okay. help us all, because I'm, you know, back to my list making. <laughs> and and the the key battles, I wouldn't even say battles, but the key issues, and I wrote them down, and I'm looking at my list. And it's funny that you mentioned defense, because it must be the same for me. The number one issue that I want to see Dorian Williams. I want to see who's playing middle linebacker. That's a huge hole in our defense losing Tremaine Edmonds. However, we do have a new defensive coordinator coming in, the head coach, but mm -hmm. whatever. And if I'm not mistaken, the head coach even said that Dorian Williams will be starting training camp at the middle linebacker position. Oh, wow. How interesting do we think that is? Wow, that's interesting because normally he doesn't really say, you Somebody know. And this was a couple of weeks ago in a press conference, and I can't okay. remember exactly when. But in this press conference, he was asked, where is Dorian Williams going to line up at training camp? And he said, in the beginning, he will line up at middle linebacker. So what that says to me is it may be his job to lose. 
Gotcha. Okay, that's interesting. That is really, really interesting. Again, they don't really give you any insight. And for them to, for Sean to drop that, wow. There's a precedent though. Let's think about this too, because the middle linebacker position when Tremaine Edmonds came along was a bit of a surprise in terms of he was plug and play. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we know McDermott is loath to, you know, put rookies on the field right away, but he did it with Tremaine. And, you know, I, I've, I've heard and seen, you know, cause I do try to listen to different podcasts. Um, a lot of people said that's a little, that's, that's not correct. Like Sean doesn't want to play rookies. And from my stamp, I was, I see that as being, He's iffy on playing rookies. I mean, we, we know White, White had to come in and play automatically. We know Tremaine had to come in and play. Um, I don't know anyone at the top of my head anymore. Um, like Cody Ford, you know, he... he right, right. And Dawson Knox, right, came in. Yeah, so, yeah, so I mean... Maybe 60, 40, uh, 50, 50, or 30, 70. I mean, but we know from last year, Kair, Elam, we were, uh, as fans, I'm like, why isn't he playing? And I get going from a, a man concept to zone, it's hard. It's definitely hard. Um, and I say this as a fan. Then switch those corners to like allow him to play man. But I get we are zoned. You know, I understand why you won't do it. But you know, you're like, just let him play man. Just put him out there, you know. <laughs> but I get it. I get it. I just I understand it. Um but that is one I'm also looking forward to to, to seeing is Kai okay. Yearly. Next on my list, you ready? Okay. Mm-hmm. Safety. Taylor Rapp. Yes. Yes. Where is he going to be? Because I just cannot feature that this man is not going to be a big integral part of our defense. He's too good to keep off the field. So what kind of three safety looks are we going to see? And where is he going to be positioned? Are they going to try him at the slot corner? You'd see how he does. I just don't know what their plan is for him, but there's something in the works. Interesting. Um, something that I think either was Brandon Bean or Sean McDermott. I can't remember who said it, but they were looking at him because in their mind, Jordan Poyer was gone. So they were going to Tyler Rapp to replace Jordan Poyer. I just, I, I mean, yeah, and then you, right. and then you went out and, and, and brought him in anyway. So mm-hmm. to me, He's already was in your plans. So now that Jordan is back, now your plans like, okay, I can play all three of them. You know? So it's that is right. Right. Interesting. And I'll say this the Buffalo Bills may have the best depth roster in the NFL. I'll go as far as saying in the NFL because of what happened to them last year. Mm -hmm. I think that was a lesson learned in terms of you, you do have to build depth around the entire team. Mm-hmm. Next on my list, now it's funny, one, two, three, defense. So I must be just like you, T. Love defense. And those defense. Okay. Now, you know I'm not going to get through any podcast with you without talking about Puna. Puna. Come on, <laughs> Puna. 
Puna is going to be a difference maker if he stays on the field and he's healthy all year. People are going to look at him and look back and go, wow, we got Puna. And I do think that Puna is well-suited for this defense, who will also, by the way, let loose Ed Oliver. Yes. Because if Ed Oliver has an honest one-technique defensive tackle next to him, he can wreak havoc. If he doesn't have that, then he's slightly above average at the position. But he's got to have a one-technique, a good one, uh, next to him. Then next on my list is the, now I'm going to offense here a little bit, uh, the right guard position. I believe that in training camp, we are going to see a battle between Osiris Torrance and Ryan Bates, the likes of which it's going to, it's going to be brutal. Yeah. Because both of them want that starting right guard. I don't think Bates is going to give it up like that. You're not going to allow this rookie to come in. I don't care where you were drafted. No, this is mine to lose. Exactly. And he's good. Bates is a fighter and he's really, really good. He even plays center. So Mm -hmm. he's very versatile, but Torrance is going to give him a problem because Torrance is a big dude. Yeah. That's a battle right there. That's definitely a battle right there. All 325 pounds of him. And then last but not least for your viewing pleasure, or auditory, if you're just listening to this, Cook, Mr. Cook. Well, he came out and said he's right. I mean, um, running back one. Yep, he said it, and I'm like, I'm surprised because no one, they don't say who's one, two, or three. They never put the ones, the two. They never say that. They don't. And, and this, for Cook to come out to say it is, it was like, okay, he's taking it. He's taking it. He's pissing on somebody's territory. <laughs> he might be playing against his brother in the same division too. Who knows? Yeah, right. That's you know it's going to be quite a thing. But my issue that I just want to bring up about Cook, James Cook is multi multi talented, and I believe and I hope that Josh Allen is taking it seriously in terms of let's get those nice little five yard screen passes to Cook yeah. going. Because that's something that has not worked in our offense consistently enough for me. That's the one area I've wanted Josh Allen to focus on is his short game. Mm-hmm. I don't worry about him making his 80-yard passes. He can he can do that. But I'd like to see him concentrate on those little bubble passes. Right. He's not very good at that, or he hasn't shown me that he's very good at it on a consistent basis. And if you can get James Cook open mm-hmm. – if he's running, you will not catch him. Well, I mean, it was just like towards, oh, man, I don't know what game. They started use, utilizing um, James Cook. And James Cook got actually the feel of the offense. Because prior to that, you you probably seen it as well. Because, like, the first few games, James Cook was, like, tripping over his own feet. Like, he was, his body was running. Like, it's just, it's just like, what a way to hold slow down. So yeah. the, the game was extremely too fast for him. And then maybe, I don't know if it was Chicago. It was like towards the, those end of the season games, he finally got, the, got the, the rhythm and was catching the ball, turning, and not tripping, but catching the ball with the flow. And I yeah. was like, 
catching it on the run. Right. And I was like, he finally gets the the feel of the game. And mm-hmm. you know, you've seen it. I, I know I did as a as a as a fan seeing um Cook take that step now to say, I feel I feel comfortable now in this offense. I I think McDermott feels comfortable with him as well. Right. Because McDermott has said it's it's you have to watch. So we've we've seen McDermott now for what going on seven years, mm-hmm. and you if you watch him very carefully, T, he will sometimes give you more than the coach speak. But you have he's very subtle. You have to really pay attention. He mentioned Cook a couple of times as being an integral part of what's going to happen with the offense, mm-hmm. and for him to just mention that to me says that's a, that's going to be a bigger part of the offense than it's been in the past. Yeah. And maybe that's why James Cook thinks he's running back one, you know? Absolutely. So I, 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 we've never had a running back room. Like we've having, like we're having going to have this season. We have four legitimate running backs in that room. It's it's uh I don't mind though. You cut Latavius Murray. I don't think so. He's he's a lot of people are saying that they're gonna cut him. I'm just like, I how do you do that? I don't know. I don't know, but it's 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 a tough room. It's a tough room. And then they draft a uh a running back, not draft, but pick a running back up in Harris. No, 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 in free agency, not free agency, uh unrestricted, no. Probably is escaping my mind at the moment, but we have a room full of running backs. Yeah, yeah. and a room full of wide receivers. Indeed, and yeah. that's that's also something you mentioned that. But my the guy that I really want to get a beat on is Justin Shorter, mm. because yeah. that guy is six foot four and big in the body, and that's something we haven't really had if you want to call Kelvin Benjamin that, but I don't. Uh, I want to see what the big dude can do. Isaiah Hodgins was supposed to be that guy for us, but old Dayball snuck him right out from our nose. You know which wide receiver I am going to be um, keeping an eye on is Hardy. Yes. I want to know how they're going to use Hardy because I know Hardy is, I know Shakir is an inside out um, wide receiver. And you brought in Hardy as a maybe uh, Isaiah, Isaiah McKenzie. McKenzie, a Beasley type of a player. Mm-hmm. But you drafted prior to that, you drafted Shakir. So it's just like, all right, so is Shakir pushed down? I just want to see what Shakir is, is what he brings to the team. Like, I mean, I get you bringing in people. I, I totally understand it. But I, I, I think I'm ready to see what Shakir can bring. I am too. And the other guy that we cannot sleep on is Sheffield. Right. Trent Sheffield is, has been mentioned twice now that I I think of it, that I've seen Josh Allen talking about him. Yes. Yeah. In fact, he was the player that it was some podcast that Josh was on and they asked something about wide receivers and he specifically brought up Sheffield's name and said he worked his ass off in OTAs, so in minicamp. So mm-hmm. that, you know, is something to keep an eye on because Josh has also learned now that he's a grizzled veteran that you can motivate players 
by mentioning her. Mm -hmm. Yes. Especially a Josh Allen or uh, 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 Aaron Rodgers, even though we, you know, it's whatever. Um, <laughs> Joe Burrow, you know, uh, Justin Fields, just by naming your wide receivers and saying, I think they're doing a great job or it's going to motivate them in the offseason to even do better. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I definitely like that. I like that for um, Sherfield. Another guy that that they picked up in uh, free agency who I think will have an impact on this team. I do. I just do. I think it's just a different wide receiver that we don't have. Exactly. And sneaky good. Yeah. Blocker. Sneaky. He's a blocker. He's a great blocker. And even better that he came from the Dolphins. Yeah, I like that too. I definitely like that. Um, give me some of your memorable um, training camps experience. Okay. So training camp for me, I've been to – Four training camps, I believe. Starting in 2006 was my first training camp experience. And it came about because I had been told and told and told and told over and over and over again, you got to go to training camp. You got to check out training camp. You will never believe how training camp is. Okay, I'll check out training camp. <laughs> so I, I did really, I was like, okay, I'll do it. 2006, my first one. And that was to you asked about what like which was the most memorable. That one was the most memorable for me. And I've talked about this before, but I'll bring it up again because it it totally blew me away. I come to 206 training camp and I got my little notepad and I'm ready. Like Dean Kindig, I'm out there. <laughs> got right your, your yellow notes. I'll get it. My stuff down. And I go over to look at, of course, because I love the hog mollies. I go over to look at the the defensive line is is working out, and I see number ninety seven, and I see number ninety five. And our first round draft pick in that year was none other than the infamous John McCargo. Mm -hmm. In the first round, <clears throat> we take him because everybody thought he was going to be just a sure thing, and. I'm looking at this dude going, that can't be him. It's no, because I'm looking at this guy, 95, right? 95 is looking like the first round pick. And I'm looking in 95 is the fifth round pick, Kyle Williams. Mm -hmm. And I will never forget that training camp because I stood there and I'm thinking to myself, how can I, this lowly fan who knows nothing about technique, you know, in terms of lines, take a look at these two guys and be able to clearly see who the hell do they, what, what is this McCargo guy's limping around? Like nothing. Wow. And he, here's Kyle. And, and this was the thing about Kyle Williams in that training camp. Mm -hmm. Kyle, Kyle Williams was head and shoulders. It's just like he was, in a different league than the rest of the players. And you could see even then Kyle Williams was a, he, talk, he talked about this many years later, he was pissed off as hell that he got drafted in the fifth round. Oh, wow. He was mad. It, it took him through his whole career. That's yeah, he, he spoke about it even when he, yes. I think they did a piece on him and he was said I was pissed off. I yes. had a chip on my shoulder every time I played. He did. And yeah. not only every time he played, every practice, every play, 
in every practice, you could see this guy is like, he's dialed in. And I yeah. think to myself, we wasted a first round draft pick on this guy. We could have had somebody else and, and still had Kyle Williams. Right. It, it was just crazy. So then I go on because the 206 training camp was very memorable. That was the same training camp. I'm sitting there looking at these running backs. Yeah, we got this guy. We got this guy. We got this guy. And who is Fred Jackson? Yeah. And where is he from? He played yeah. in NFL Europe. Okay, well, I'm going to look at this guy. And he just lit it up in training camp, lit it up in the preseason. It, it was just like, this guy's good. He walked in and just immediately looked like he was a grizzled NFL player. Mm -hmm. That's just how he ran. And you remember, he ran with such passion. He did. He, he was did. not fast. He was not particularly big. He was but not he was shifty, though. Anything. But yeah. he played with heart. Yeah. Every single play. Yes. So those are that that was my first training camp and my most memorable just because those two guys came out of that training camp, neither of which anybody expected anything from. Mm -hmm. And look what we got. No. We got two guys that were all pro, as far as I'm concerned. They were top top of the line. And Fred was undrafted. Yes. Yes. Anyway. Yes. So okay. the last thing. The last thing I'll just add about that training camp is Dean Kindig, because anybody who knows Dean knows that if you're a training camp and Dean knows that you're a training camp, he's going to give you one of these and tell <laughs> you to sit down and look at this and this and this, and you have a homework assignment and you better do it and you better do it right. So yeah. that's off to, to Dean because he, he got me shifted in the right direction. I know when I go, I just take my phone and just write notes. And then when I get home, I'm like, what was I trying to say here? It's just because everything is just moving so fast. It it's a great experience. I'm not going to lie. I go, you know, this year I got um, I got tickets to the I got I actually got tickets to the red, white, red, white, blue um, practice. And wow. I got tickets for in August. I got two tickets. Now I got to figure out if I'm taking a kid or not, because, you know, I got four and two, they're too small to go. And then they're older two. I got to figure out what I'm doing there. So I might have to flip a coin and um, <laughs> I'm going one with a friend. So, and then that I'll be taking notes, whatever. I was going to say, you better get your pad out. Oh no. Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely will. Right. So it, down. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to be right here. On your shoulder. Definitely we'll be doing that. <laughs> right there. Definitely. But it's always fun though. And it's always hot. You can never get rid of the hot. It's always hot. You know it's gonna be hot. But it's definitely a great time. It's definitely a great time. It is. And it's it just makes you you walk in there, you're like, football is almost here. It's like the first day of school. I get when I walk when I go into training camp, it's like, oh my God, the like that. It's just it feels so good going to training camp. It does. The vibe is wonderful. I will say only because I'm an old fart and I just <laughs> will always say this because old farts do. I miss training camp when it was less crowded. When the team was when the team was less successful. <laughs> you go know, to training camp, you didn't need a ticket, you didn't have to worry about anything, you know, all all was well. But yes. back about 10 years ago, 
maybe it became it, it's become more it's and a more thing. a thing and, and commercialized and all that and and that's just the way in the world i'm i i'm not complaining about it but it is a different experience and if you don't if you've never been and you have the opportunity to go you really should you, you should yeah. really try it anybody who happens to be listening if you haven't been to training camp you really make the effort if you can get and and if you can get tickets because we'll speak about that a little bit the fact that you know these tickets are just they're high demand and um i don't know what they can do to switch it up because it's a high demand and now people are sell, selling tickets training camp tickets that are are free you're selling them to fans i mean I don't know. I, it's, well, on you, if that's what you do, that's all I can say. Yeah. And the other thing is that it's it has made it terribly well. It's impossible now for anybody that lives outside of the region to plan to come to training camp. If you have to fly and you have yes. to make flights and you don't know if you're going to be able to get tickets and you probably can't get tickets. So, you know, I cherish my training camp memories because it's likely I'll never get back unless somebody gives me tickets ahead of time. Right, because uh, the red, white, and blue um, practice was sold out within, I want to say, 15, 20 minutes. I went in, and it was a humbug because I totally forgot they were doing the tickets. So I was on, on my phone, and I was like, is it, what is today? And I looked, I was like, oh, it's time. So I went, I was in line, and then I got bumped out. I was 6,000, bumped out. Apparently, I was still in line on my phone, don't even know. Then I went back in and I was one and I was like, whoa, okay. So I got in and I got two tickets and proceeded on whatever. And I was like, dang, I should have got maybe like four. Tried to get back in. I, they were sold out. So I was like, Jesus, I know. It's, it's, it's insane. It is insane. And, and it's crowded. Robin, I went last year. Was it last year or the year before? Maybe the year before. And I don't, again, I don't really go to home games. So I'm thinking it's a practice. It's not going to be, I didn't go last year. It didn't, the year before. Um, I was like, oh, that was a 13 seconds. That's why it was, it was packed. So um, I went, I took my son and my daughter and I'm just like, yeah, we're not staying long. I was <laughs> like, I, I couldn't do the crowd. I was just like, oh my God. And they didn't want to stay because it was sunny. It was hot. And, you know, they stayed for a little bit and there was like more wanting to be in the activities outside. And I'm like, sure, let's go out. I'm fine. It was packed. Hmm, it's wow. a practice. I was like, is That's there a game today? <laughs> like, it was insane. Well, it was you know, insane. This, is, this is us. This is our affliction. Right. I'm not complaining. Definitely not, not complaining. Um, but let's move on. We're going to be talking about gambling in um nfl and if it is it a problem is it an issue because it just came out that more players one player i want to say on the colts team is indefinite isaiah did i write his name down rogers isaiah rogers was cut after reporting uh, uh placing a, a bet a thousand dollar bet um on his own team on his own team in the Colts facility, I want to say, the Colts <laughs> released him. Now, is 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 betting a problem in the NFL? I, mean, I know there's bet. I know there's gambling. I know that's the thing to do now. 
I know that the NFL now is in partnership with some of these these betting, you know, companies. And some of them have them in the in the facility. So like you're waving this stuff in front of these players. You're telling them do not do this. And it's like a kid, you're sitting there, there's candy right there, don't touch it. Like, what are we doing? You know, what are we doing? I'm totally with you on that. Uh, aside from the fact, I, I, I disclaimer here, I don't gamble. I don't, I'm not interested in gambling. Nothing about it appeals to me. Uh, it's just not my thing. Right. Now, having said that, do I think it's a problem with the NFL? Oh, yeah. For the very reason that, that you're talking about. And how did we go from, this is my question, how did we go from gambling is bad, we're not combining it with sports, we're just right. not going to do that because it's not a good idea. How will people trust us that the integrity of the game? Uh, well, see, what's changed? What's different now? What's Money. different? Now, I'll tell you, I'll answer that question first. It's money. Yep. Yep. Money. It's, it's all about the money. It's all about the money. And it is a problem, even though the NFL will say we're diligent and we're making sure that our players are blah, 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 blah. Okay. Players betting is one thing. Right. That's just one thing. Let me ask you what happens in terms of players calling games, influencing a game. Officials. How do we know an official isn't going to be bribed? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that he, happened It happened in the NFL, in the, in the NBA. Tom, um, Donna, 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 hey, Donna, something. I wrote it down. Oh, my God. Donna Key. He was on um, a ref for the NBA. And he was, it's a whole, I went back and watched it. It's on Netflix. He would shave bet, bets, shave um, points. They finally caught him. Vegas caught him. So, so how do we, how do we have any assurance that that, that crap isn't going to go on? If the bills lose another Super Bowl on a bad call. Oh, I'm going to lose my mind. Not even that. Let's just, and not saying that this is what it is, guys. We're not saying that, that, that Philadelphia against Kansas City was that. But that was a call by a ref. So not saying that's what happened, but you know what I mean? Oh, to what now. point? Right. You know now. Right, right. Because they're in bed with each other. And for them to claim, they, the NFL, to claim that they have total control over their players and everything's going to be fine, and you turn around in every single year there's another player getting suspended. There's another six players getting suspended and so on and so forth. So I think the whole thing is a bad idea, but again, I'm at the get off my lawn stage of life. So, yeah. you know, I may be behind the times or whatever, but I'm, I don't see anything good coming out of it. Let me put it that way. Other yeah. than people losing a lot of money. Yeah, it says um, some of the rules are the buff the, the, the bills. Jesus, the NFL prohibits anyone in the NFL for engage from engaging in any of form of gambling in the clubs, facilities, or yeah, clubs and facilities, including practice facilities. Team um, 
employees are not allowed to bet on sports in any capacity. Team employees, yeah, team employees. So not just players, <laughs> train, yeah, all of it. But let's, I have a question. So players are being suspended, players. Now we know it goes above that. We know that. There's no big names. You're telling me there's no owners that bet on on, on teams, on plays, on players or anything. We, I, I mean, it might be, but the... You know. Yeah, come on. Not, yeah, we can move on, yeah. I guess. But <laughs> come on, it's just no. insane. It is insane. It's insane. And I'm, I'm on team against gambling. I just knew once it was okay to do it, quotations, there was going to be something else coming out of this. Yeah. And they just recruited Tom Brady to be Tom Brady to be the new gambling policy educator. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so Tom Brady, the NFL recruited oh, Tom Brady. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's rich. So Isn't it? we're going to deflate footballs, but we're going to give him the we we're going to entrust him with credibility. Oh, oh okay. Gosh, I I'm mean, <laughs> I was like, so because I was looking this stuff up when we discussed what we we're going to talk about, and then I typed in, and Tom Brady came up, and I was like, what is Tom Brady doing? <laughs> So he's going around to each team and telling them, do not gamble. Well, I, Guys. <laughs> I was just thinking, it just popped into my head. I suppose that he may have learned a few lessons in terms of investing in cryptocurrency. <laughs> hey. A bucket of money doing that. Right, uh, right. No, I think it's really rich that you have the face of, you have the face of ethics be Tom Brady. <laughs> I love it. The face of living, folks. I love it. I love it. Um, but before we get out of here, Robin wanted yeah. to um just say That's something. one more thing I want to talk about because it's bugging the crap out of me. I see wasteful <laughs> stuff on my timeline about Josh Allen's personal life. And whether or not he's on vacation with somebody instead of training or being at DeMar Hamlin's foundation thing, whatever, whatever, whatever. None of this stuff has any bearing on what's going to happen on the field. Right. And as far as I'm concerned, people that are trying to commingle his personal life with his professional life need to get a life. Okay. <sighs> Get a life. It's ridiculous. Leave him alone about his personal life. And especially now that apparently he's involved with somebody who's a famous movie star, singer, whatever. Well, that's just going to put more scrutiny on the situation. That's just going to be more stuff that people talk about if he has a bad game. All this other junk, leave it alone. It's his personal life. I'll say this, um, and I've said a lot off camera, but I'll yeah. say this. Um, I, so I'm, I'm watching now on Netflix, and this is not an ad or a plug, and, but Netflix, if you want to sponsor us, feel free. Um, I am watching Quarterbacks on Netflix. It's a really good show. So I'm in episode eight, 
and prior to those episodes, if you want to know what quarterbacks do in the real time and for real, just go and watch um, Kirk Cousins. He explains day by day, hour by hour, kind of what he does on on the season, in season. Mm -hmm. So if you have a problem with Josh Allen and his offseason, having a life, please, y'all, get one. Because these guys sacrifice so much. The one his wife, Kirk Cousins' wife said, and he said, I take Tuesdays. I don't go in the facility. I don't do anything football related. I focus on my wife and my kids on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. That's in season. In season, he's saying, I'm giving you a Tuesday, honey, and children. And for me to say, I need Josh Allen to be always focused on on football, even in the offseason, it's unfair. It's unfair for me to say to Josh Allen, I need you to be always focused on the Buffalo Bills, even in your offseason. Believe me, he is. But to what the extent you guys are saying he need to do it is wrong. And I said I wasn't going to go in that direction. I was just going to, you know, speak whatever. But I just I, I, I feel like we have to lay off a little bit, guys. We got to lay off a little bit. Josh is... 100 percent giving him giving his all to this fan base and to this organization so let's just chill yeah and you bring you brought up a really good point i i'm gonna have to i have to break down and get netflix i'm the only person on the universe that doesn't have it (laughs) this this is intriguing to me uh because and this is a high five to one of the most endearing people that I've ever met online only Janine Talley, Daryl Talley's wife Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. has helped educate a lot of fans, including myself about what life is really like for an NFL player, what life is like even more so for an NFL family. And just as you said, how they have to live during the season versus during the off season is, is very different. And families give up so much. Yes, They do. They give up so much for their, for the player because they know that during the season, Tuesday, like you said, Tuesday's mm-hmm. day. That's it. And, and they understand during the season is 30 million of you guys. And not just the people in the stands, the ones that's watching on TV and all that. That that he my husband is yours. I'm saying it's okay, but I'm also saying on Tuesday I want my husband back. And for more for Bills fans in Buffalo, leave the players alone if you run into them and they're out having dinner somewhere. Just leave them. I just leave them alone. They need. No, it's it's so funny because I um, Jesus, who was it? But I know he's a very welcoming type of a player. But still, I was like, I should not go over there. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not. And he seen me, and I'm just. I was just like, oh, I don't know. I'm not gonna go over there. I and told, he, I told the story once before, I think, but it it was hilarious. I was in Saint Lucia, in the Caribbean, in the Eastern Caribbean, 
at it at the airport getting ready to leave and then they have these two places where you stay if you're leaving you stay if you're if you're mm -hmm. and i'm looking across this little barrier and it was just this high you could see right over it and here's ryan fitzpatrick oh gosh and i'm, and I'm like that's gotta be him right you know uh-huh uh i wouldn't yeah. But he was so funny because he kept looking at me because I had a Bills hat on, of course, right? I, <laughs> I'm I can't get away from these fans. I can't get away from them. I'm I know she's going to run up on me. I know I, she is. Exactly. And so <laughs> all I did was I did one of these. I tipped my hat to him. Oh, okay. Gave me a thumbs up. And that was it. And cool. I bug him. You know, I didn't really want to cool. bug him. So please let the NFL players have their own lives. Yeah. 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 That's the only thing. And also too, we want to, we want to talk about, I don't know. We, uh, we discussed that we didn't see the, the it live or on TV yesterday, last night, the, the SBs um, mm -hmm. and how Damar Hamlin presented the Pat Tillman award to the Buffalo training um, staff. Very, I went and watched it today. Very emotional. Um, Damar was very emotional. Um, it was just brought back, and of course, I don't know if, if Damar has seen and maybe he has, and maybe that's why he's emotional now. Um, has gone back and watched himself because that's got to be another layer of oh, oh that's me, you know. Um but it brought back everything, you know, as a fan. I mean, I can I can only imagine what it does for him when he speaks about it. It's, but, a, it's a trigger for all of us. Yeah. You know, because we were all there, not there on the field. Right. But millions of but everything just stopped on TV and the players are standing around and you, nobody knows what's going on. It was very traumatic. Yeah. Everybody that had any anything to do with that game, it was traumatic. And I can't even imagine what DeMar feels like looking, if he has looked at that. Right. Right. I can't imagine what that would do to him. Oof, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, and I know you wanted to speak on behalf of, of Nick. So I'm just going to let you do that. Yes. And, and I, I want to just say that we lost, we being Bill's Mafia, the Bill's family, lost a tremendous fan, a little boy, a young man who had his whole life ahead of him. And he spent his whole life fighting, fighting and being sick. And his dad was with him every step of the way. So a tip of the hat to Nick Merrick, dad, and Eddie Merrick, we miss you. We love you. You will always be in our hearts, no matter what. Because yes. anybody who had on Twitter, Eddie and Nick in your list, in your timeline, mm -hmm. see constant. Almost every day there would be a video clip of Eddie singing happy birthday to somebody or dancing around doing something and he died last week and it's really hard for all of us to wrap our heads around that so i just wanted to say a high five to everybody who's grieving the loss of our our little eddie mm -hmm. uh, and i really hope that people remember him and keep 
keep him in your hearts when we're watching the Bills play. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be tough this season for sure because he definitely was um, Bills Mafia. He was. Oh, man. Oh, yes. Um, but that is it for us unless you have some more. I'm, I'm, I just have to say I love you, T. I love you, too. I love you, too. Ah, uh, yes. Um, thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, yes, for always you for listening. Thank you. Yes, tuning in and listening to us talk about Glad. our bills and <laughs> things that we love talking about. And again, this is Tea Time with Robin. I am T. That is Robin. Guys, always it's Go Bills for sure. And we will see you next week. Next Go week. Bills. Go Bills. Peace. You have been listening to Tea Time with Robin. Go Bills!